3: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. San Francisco has won a landmark lawsuit against Walgreens Pharmacy over its role in fueling the opioid epidemic in the city. A federal judge found that Walgreens filled hundreds of thousands of suspicious prescriptions for powerful painkillers over 15 years, without taking steps to prevent their misuse. More than 1,300 people have died from drug overdoses in San Francisco over the last two years. San Francisco City Attorney David Chu says the ruling is a major step in an ongoing legal fight across the country.
0: This verdict has national significance. This is the first bench trial that has ruled against the opioid industry. This is the first bench trial to find Walgreens liable.
3: The next phase of the trial will determine what Walgreens will be ordered to pay. In a statement, the pharmacy chain says it plans to appeal. Supporters of a bill to create safe injection sites are urging Governor Gavin Newsom to sign SB57. As KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer reports, this is one issue California is not leading on.
0: The idea behind SB57 is to address the growing toll on city streets, where people are dying in record numbers from overdoses of drugs like fentanyl. The bill would create sites where users can consume drugs safely with supervision. State Senator Scott Weiner, who authored the bill, joined other elected officials Wednesday in San Francisco's Tenderloin neighborhood, where overdose deaths are a daily occurrence. He noted that former Governor Jerry Brown vetoed an earlier version of the bill and that the time has come to make it a reality. Had we passed this bill and had it been signed into law years ago, as it should have been, how many lives would have been saved? That's the question. SB 57 would create a five-year pilot project in San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles, all badly hit by the overdose crisis. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff says what cities are doing now is not working.
1: The status quo is filling our morgues and our prisons. Pilots are how we learn and improve.
0: Schaff says she knows too many people who have lost their children to drugs. Rhode Island and New York City, along with Canada and other countries, already have facilities like this. Miguel Bustos from Glide Memorial Church in the Tenderloin says safe injection sites will reduce overdose deaths, connect addicts with services, and save cities money. It's been proven to be successful all around the world, so let's try it out. Let's see if it works. Down the street, a woman named T says she uses fentanyl and sees too many people shoot up then pass out on the sidewalk.
2: I think that our community needs a safer place for people to be indoors at. And not only that, but it'll get the riffraff off the streets.
0: Governor Newsom has 12 days to sign or veto the bill. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer in San Francisco.
3: Dueling ballot campaigns to legalize sports betting in California were spared during a hearing at the Capitol Wednesday. KQED Politics reporter Guy Marzarotti has more.
4: Anthony Roberts, chair of the
0: Yochadzihi Winton Nation, told lawmakers that Proposition 26 promotes tribal self-sufficiency.
2: By authorizing safe, responsible gaming on our very land, our ancestors worked, lived, loved, and thrived for centuries.
0: Proposition
4: 27 is backed by gambling companies like DraftKings, and unlike Prop 26, would allow bets to be made on phones and computers. It would earmark tax revenue for homeless services. That pleases Jennifer Friend of Project Hope Alliance, which helps homeless youth.
1: Funding through Prop 27 will allow my organization to embed more case managers onto public school campuses, providing more supportive services and resources to students.
0: Record campaign spending is expected with billions at stake in a legal sports betting marketplace. For the
4: California Report, I'm Guy Marzarotti in Sacramento.
1: Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant diverse Golden State because what happens in California changes the world.
4: I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California.
3: In other news, California has adopted the nation's most ambitious offshore wind targets. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero has
1: the details. The new goals put the state on course to meet a quarter of its electricity needs, enough to power about 25 million homes from offshore wind by mid-century. The California Energy Commission's goal of up to 5,000 megawatts by 2030 and 25,000 megawatts by 2045 come more than a year after Governor Gavin Newsom signed an agreement to open the West Coast for offshore wind development. Some of the most lucrative areas for offshore wind are near Humboldt and Morro Bay. Governor Newsom's two-year budget also includes $45 million to help advance offshore wind. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero.
3: Today, California lawmakers will advance, or quietly kill, hundreds of bills in rapid-fire succession. The bills have been stuck in a legislative limbo, known as the suspense file. With more from CalMatters, here's Ben Christopher.
0: The suspense file. It's like Survivor, Legislative Procedure Edition. Twice a year, lawmakers quickly run through the hundreds of bills they need to consider before the legislative session ends. But it's also a convenient way for legislators to kill bills without the public knowing how they voted. More than 800 bills are on the suspense file today. There's legislation to crack down on doctors peddling COVID-19 misinformation, a bill to set new statewide labor standards for fast food workers, and a proposal to create a court system for unhoused people suffering from severe mental illness. Which bills will make it off the island? We'll find out later today. Until then, the legislature is keeping us in suspense. For the California Report, I'm Ben Christopher in Oakland. In
3: other news, California's Supreme Court may soon get its first Latina Chief Justice. KQED's Amanda Stupai has more. Impeccably qualified.
0: That's how the dean of UC Berkeley's law school describes Patricia Guerrero. She currently sits on the state Supreme Court as an associate justice. Guerrero hails from Southern California's Imperial Valley and is a first-generation Mexican-American. To become Chief Justice, she must be confirmed by the state's Commission on Judicial Appointments and by voters in the November 8th general election. Guerrero replaces the outgoing Taani Kantil Sakaue, who has been the state's top judge since 2011. For the California Report, I'm Amanda Supai.
3: This year, potentially tens of thousands of Californians who couldn't work because of health reasons, including pregnancy, have been forced to wait weeks or even months to get their state disability insurance
4: payments. KQED's Farida Javala romero explains. In March, about two weeks after having her second baby, Amanda Butler realized she wasn't getting her SDI payments. I was like, I need to just figure out where my money is. So she called and called the EDD from her home in Santa Clarita, north of L.A., trying to get a human to explain what was happening with her claim. Instead, she got a lot of this.
3: We're sorry. The maximum number of callers waiting to speak to a representative has been reached.
4: With the agency's call centers clearly overwhelmed, a desperate butler and her husband put their newborn and four-year-old in the car and drove almost an hour to the nearest EDD office in downtown L.A., It was just really frustrating. It was the last thing that you wanted to deal with when you have a newborn and you're recovering from a C-section and you're having to nurse, like, every hour. She remembers a crowded office with long lines, especially at the window for Spanish speakers, with people trying to find out where their payments were. It turns out the EDD mistakenly believed she'd returned to work when she hadn't. Once the problem was identified, Butler's payment started a few days later. But... You know, I can't imagine just having to wait longer. Like, I got frustrated after, like, 48 hours of knowing I wasn't getting paid. The wait was seven months for Reina, an undocumented farm worker on the Central Coast. She applied for SDI benefits in December last year. Her doctor recommended she stop working because her belly and back hurt when she'd bend down to pick strawberries. Primero con la renta, verdad, y luego... Reina struggled comida, to pay for rent and food pero, pues, for her growing family in between fruitless calls to the EDD. The baby's her fourth child. Cuddling her newborn to her breast, Reina says it was only a last-minute loan from her sister that kept the family from falling into homelessness. It was terrible, ugly, Reina says. Era algo
2: <laughs> terrible. Algo que, uh, o sea,
4: Most workers in California are eligible for partial wage replacement through SDI, regardless of immigration status, because they pay the payroll taxes that fund the program. On average, in recent years, the EDD received 60,000 SDI claims a month. The agency aims to pay most within 14 days, but a backlog swelled after the EDD spotted a fraud scheme late last year and then suspended 345,000 suspicious claims. The agency acknowledged to KQED that by April, half of SDI applications were taking 15 days or longer to process. Remember, that could be a month or seven, like in Reina's case. It's
1: absolutely unacceptable. And it's something that we need to look at.
4: Oakland Assemblymember Buffy Wicks sits
1: in a committee that oversees EDD's budget. We have a social safety net for a reason. <laughs> it's to help people who are in need. Um, and that is a fundamental like social contract the government has with its constituency. Um, and so I think it's infuriating that that's happening.
4: During the pandemic, the EDD also delayed unemployment insurance payments for roughly 5 million Californians while it dealt with fraud. That's according to a new report by the legislative analyst's office that found these delays not only caused hardships for Californians, but also held back the state's economy. An agency spokesperson declined to tell me how many delayed disability claims are still pending, but they say that EDD has been steadily returning to its target processing goal of 14 days or less while continuing to filter out fraud. Back in Santa Clarita, Amanda Butler is back at her job at the nonprofit Breastfeed LA. She says, "She remains skeptical of the agency. The intention is good, but I don't think that they're set up to to really support a new parent because of all of these hoops that they have to jump through in order to get paid." On the bright side, the EDD's budget this year includes $136 million to help improve its customer experience by June of 2023. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala romero
3: And finally, in recent years, lots of California mountain lions have been struck and killed by California drivers. But such collisions also kill many other kinds of animals, from deer to bobcats to desert tortoises. Motorists have also been killed and injured in such collisions. Legislation that's supposed to do something about the carnage goes before the State Senate Appropriations Committee today. The California Report's Saul Gonzalez has more.
2: The bill would require Caltrans to identify barriers to wildlife movement before planning and designing new transportation projects. Caltrans would also need to highlight projects annually that help wildlife move safely from one place to another and prevent collisions between motorists and animals. The projects could range from specially designed wildlife crossings over freeways to better fencing that helps guide animals to culverts and underpasses where they can cross roads and highways safely. It's hoped Caltrans could tap into federal infrastructure funds to help pay for such projects. According to the UC Davis Road Ecology Center, more than 44,000 vehicle collisions with wildlife were reported in California between 2016 and 2020, causing at least a billion dollars in damages. For the California Report, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles.
3: And that's the California Report for Thursday, August 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Mari Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
0: Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation. Committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Paint care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration.